Count it down. Let's go. Good morning. It's Wednesday. We are the Run Galloway Girls. I'm Naomi. I'm Liz, and I totally missed my It's Wednesday <laughs> because I was taking a sip of my delicious coffee. Um, we are just waking up. <laughs> yes, we are so excited to be here. We have Penny as a guest on our podcast. As always, <laughs> she is sitting at the third side of the table. So if you hear some huffing and puffing, it is our dog or my dog. So we're down in my uh, boyfriend's studio in our house. Silent Wood Studios. Silent Wood Studios. <laughs> Um, and so we've got, we'll, we'll snap a picture, but we ha- finally have like our stuff on the big computer monitor, but we also have a drum kit next to us and stage lights, but also a Peloton and a treadmill. It's a very interesting it's, studio. It's a multi-purpose studio. Yeah. Because it's both a music studio and a fitness studio. So we were talking, um, like right before, we started recording, and I was like, save it for the podcast. This is podcast material. Yeah, we were just chatting, literally chatting about deodorant. Not very exciting topic. Safe but deodorant is yeah. actually the most popular topic in my beauty counter group. For those of you who go, who don't know, um, I've been a beauty counter consultant and director for nine years. The company started 10 years ago, so that's a pretty impressive feat. It was started in 2013, and I joined in 2014, and I was one of the first 1,300 consultants. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and so I can go on, and we will go on a little bit about yeah. what beauty counter is, but it's basically safe skincare and cosmetics. And their mission is to change the laws so that all skincare and cosmetics are safe. So anyway, I have a big Facebook group. And the thing that like really sparked conversation was always safe deodorant because the aluminum in antiperspirants has been linked or possibly linked to breast breast cancers. And then there's also, um, there was also a study that something like 80% of breast cancers had phthalates in the breast cancer tissue or parabens, sorry, parabens in the breast cancers. Now breast cancer cells. And so we don't know what the role of those parabens in the breast cancer tumors was. Did, did they cause the tumors Were breast cancer cells just more likely to absorb parabens? The, the cause of it was just unknown. And so like, that's just one of those ingredients that we just don't know the safety, the full safety data. That's why you'll see so many paraben-free products out there. Yeah. And so, you know, we're active. We need deodorant that at least we feel like keeps us... (laughs) Not smelling. Not smelling. And kind of like, I like a powdery feel, like something that just makes me feel a little drier. So I'm not... Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a super sweater, so, like, nothing is going to keep me from developing pit stains if I'm going to, or, like, wet pits, but as long as my, as long as it doesn't smell, I've actually, like, totally owned the fact that sweating is, like, good for my body, <laughs> plus I've learned how to dress over millions of years, like, I wear tank tops and sweaters, because you can't, like, see sweat, yeah. see wet pits through sweaters as much. Right. But, yeah, like, if you, when I try to find some cleaner deodorants, uh, when I found out about, you know, the aluminum linkage, which probably I only found out maybe like six or seven years ago. I, I, I know I was like trying different brands and finally you turned me on to Native. Native, which, so this is the funny thing. We're talking about Beauty Counter here and Beauty Counter does make a safety deodorant that people love. I personally don't like it, 
But Naomi was like, oh, well, you turned me on to Native, and I love it. And she was just yeah. saying her daughter is using it. Yeah, so. like when I, of course, my daughter is 10. And so when she started eating deodorant not too long ago, of course, I'm putting her on a safe mm-hmm. deodorant at 10 years old. I don't need to develop any. We don't need to develop any cancer in my 10-year-old. So yeah. So she, and she loves Native, too. She loves all the scents. Although, so that's, like, kind of a bold statement. And that is what all, like, the safe cosmetics yeah. people and safe skincare people and and healthy, well, not even the safe, but the green brigade will all say, like, oh, it'll cause, it'll cause. You know, here's the thing. The science on that is still really early. And the right. issue is that there are no regulations and there's no proven safety data. And so the burden of proof with the regulations that we have is assumed safe till proven unsafe. Well, it's really, really difficult to isolate certain chemicals in in the small quantities with daily exposure in scientific studies to get that burden of proof for both safety and danger because certain things are dangerous at really high concentrations. Other things are actually more dangerous because they're endocrine disruptors at lower concentrations. So there's there's evidence of safety at these high concentrations where it's almost like too much to affect your system. But at smaller concentrations, they see massive changes. BPA is actually one of those things. Mm -hmm. So I could talk on and on and on about this. This has been my soapbox forever. Um, And I I won't bore everyone with it. But Native deodorant is pretty amazing. And we have no affiliation. We just love it. Mm -hmm. Um, I I use the sensitive one because the, um, I don't know, I just... I have sensitive skin and I like the feel of it better. There was no reason I stopped using the regular one. I just switched to the sensitive one and felt like it worked better for me. Yeah, so I I use I, it's probably one of the regular ones, but what I love is that they now also make the eco-friendly packaging. Oh so yeah. So in my household, we're buying the the cardboard. It's the it's all cardboard. It's yeah. amazing. That's so cool. That's really really cool. I'm still using. So to tell the difference between the regular and the sensitive. They'll still have some of the same scents in Sensitive, but on the back, it will just say Sensitive at yeah. the top. That's it. My favorite scent they no longer make was Vanilla Rose, and I stocked up, and so I have, like, four of them up in my bathroom. But, like, it was a retired scent years ago, um, but that was my favorite scent. Right now, I'm using Candy Cane because... <laughs> is it minty? It is. It's, like, sweet. Like, sweet mint, so... Yeah, so I use, and, and one of the ones my daughter likes, too, is the Cucumber Mint. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, like... That's my go-to. There's also the green tea one is really nice. Like, they have some great scents. And one of the other cool things is they're available at Target. So they're kind of available. Mm-hmm. And, like, kind of everywhere. But Target has the eco-friendly packaging, yeah. which is nice. Um, they've got a great website. So that's our little, like, diatribe <laughs> into safety deodorant. But one of the reasons that we bring up all of this is we have our very first, like, possible money-making business venture so if you would like to support the podcast, you can shop Beauty Counter at beautycounter.com slash girls and support our podcast. Yeah. And, and that's our little promo. <laughs> even if you don't wear, you know, makeup, there's lots of other skin products. There's great sunscreens. Um, uh, sunscreen's fantastic. And, yeah. and moisturizers and, you know, all the other stuff. My kids, like, they're, when they used to make the kids shampoo. Yeah. Hopefully they'll maybe bring it back, but. Um, so the, the, they got rid of the kids line and they got rid of the baby line because it was so expensive yeah, for the I volume they were selling. So they decided to focus in their lane. And again, their mission is to 
um, is to change the law so that all products are safe. So they decided to just redouble the efforts in, and there are so many companies that are making um, great, safer, following very similar guidelines as Beauty Counter uh, kids' products. Yeah. Um, one of the coolest things is Whole Foods and Target both have, um, both have like a list of between four and six hundred chemicals that. And CVS is also uh, very progressive with this. Chemicals that cannot be found in products on their shelves. So that's why you might, like, let's say you might find something at, like, a Walmart and be like, oh, I really love this product and go look for it at a Target or a CVS and not be able to find it. It's because it will it might contain a banned, a banned ingredient at one of those or stores. Basically, so, it's a lot of things that are banned, like, in Europe. So right. So not because, again, yeah, the, because the FDA the, doesn't. Yeah, it's it's the whole thing with the FDA treating some things like some things like cosmetics are treated as like safe until proven otherwise. And then some things are treated like drugs, which require this huge burden of proof. And that's actually why there was a law passed in 2012 for safer like for safer sunscreens that literally has had no progress in the industry because it's the way our laws work with chemicals and um, chemicals and drugs. We can't get these safer sunscreens to pass FDA trials in order to come to market here. So one of the workarounds is you can actually order European sunscreens on the internet and get them delivered Smart. to you. Um, but, or you just order beauty counter. I've used <laughs> zinc oxide sunscreen since I was a kid. Cause like there's some ingredient and I don't know what it is, but it causes my, in like typical sunscreen, it causes me to get chemical burns when oh. exposed to UV light. Gosh. It's insane. It's, and my mom was like, Oh, my little sensitive skin baby needs zinc. Meanwhile, like she put sunscreen all over me she never put sunscreen on my sister because I was her little blonde fair child and my sister had dark hair and would tan but really if you look at our skin tones yeah, you're both my sister is actually, actually fairer, fairer yeah. than I am yeah she's fair but really. like it was just like this like thought Concept. in yeah. the 80s that I was like fair and she was she was uh dark yeah so. <laughs> All right, so we did our first little promo that's so exciting, and then today we have some really fun things to talk about. I think our first thing we should talk about is our long run over the weekend. So yeah. so we had 17 miles on tap for the Sunday, and it was long, slow distance. Yep. We'd actually only just done 16 a few weeks before, so it seemed like, okay, this is going to be manageable. Absolutely. We're, 17 felt very, very doable. Very doable. And so what did we start out with? So we did start out with 1530s. We did two miles of 1530s. And we had a little bit, I think, had we not had the 1 p.m. So we started at 9 and we had the 1 p.m. return time because uh, Naomi got Mr. Josh from my center. You can see him on YouTube. <laughs> um, Common Ground Child Care is YouTube. Um, so she got Mr. Josh to babysit uh, Julian. And I think had we not had that time cut off, I probably would have said, let's just roll at 1530s oh, yeah. the whole time. Um, so we did two miles at 1530, and then we switched to 3030s. Mm -hmm. And we started that run very strong with a 14-minute mile. Yeah. <laughs> 1354. It was amazing. 1354. <laughs> and then we we cruised on down um, into the 1120s for, the, for, for like, 
the rest, like really, I'm looking at like 12.05 mile three, 11.51 mile four. And then we were like in the 11.20s to, we even dropped a 10.54 in there. It was probably looking at our overall, like one of our slower long runs in a while, which is even at mostly 30.30. I mean, 11.54, that's right where we're supposed to be. Yeah. So that's like perfect. But it's like we've consciously slowed down. Absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, and I mentioned it in Run Gallery Girls on our Instagram yesterday, we looked back at some runs that we did in 2018. And And oh my God. (laughs) There was like an impulse for a second to be like, we're not that fast anymore. But then we realized first, we were doing 60 30s. Second, we are much stronger, even though we're in different shape now, we're much stronger runners overall mentally than we were. Like back then, we probably would have gotten depressed by these slower paces. Yeah. And like back then. We wouldn't do them. We were we, like. We weren't as successful yeah. in the longer distances. We were still like crushing it, but not at the rate that we're crushing it now. Yeah, and you know what I noticed this last training cycle, and I know I've talked about it with you, but training for New York, I would, you know, I'd go and do my marathon, my uh, mile repeats, which are like 30 to 45 seconds uh, faster than goal pace. Yeah, they're at like a good like 10K, 5K, 10K effort. Yeah, and oh, they're no, they were definitely closer to, yeah, 10K to, yeah. 10K to half. Yeah, 10K to half. They're threshold. Yeah, threshold. <laughs> so, yeah, not 5K effort. So they, I was so consistent in this last cycle versus where, you know, if I look back at what I was doing in, you know, 2018, 2019, I was all over the place back then. I did right. not have that consistency. I didn't have. So, right. yeah, so I, I agree with you. Not only mentally are we stronger, but we have, we have, we're stronger in a lot of areas. Like we can pace better. We're, yeah. we can, zone, you know, dial in better. We're also older. And so yep. it's really hard to compare your 34, 35 year old self with your like 39, 40 year old self because our, our bodies are different. And unfortunately we are not winning the aging battle. Like we are all going to age and actually, no, we are winning it because we're supposed <laughs> yeah. to age. We're supposed to age and we're supposed to age gracefully and we're supposed to do everything we can to live awesome long lives. Right. But that's not comparing who you were yesterday. It's almost like preparing to be a better you tomorrow, like, but not in a better than yesterday or a beat yesterday kind of way because that's like kind of creepy. It, more in a like, more like, oh yeah, I'm, it's like, playing a video game and earning experience points. We just like earn those experience points and we're just like, yeah, we got this. (laughs) Yesterday, I feel like is a great, you know, for as you start out or if you are like when I was like 28, 29, 30 starting out running. Sure. That was great motivation to be like, I'm going to continue to improve because I do. If I look back at that time, of course, there's huge improvements. Yeah. But now I mean, you know, we're aging past the like when most, if you look at, pro athletes female yeah. pro athletes do peak later than males and a lot of them especially if you're looking at marathon and ultra distance they are still peaking and winning races in their mid-30s but by the time they hit 40 they're going to start to see that yeah we're heading into masters runner territory exactly and so there's gonna be a difference but you know isn't it funny though that beat yesterday kind of philosophy implies that like you're always going to push, 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 right? Be yesterday, be aggressive. 
And it's almost like, well, no, like do the best you can today with what you have. And like, I feel like we have just really realized the, how important rest is and how important the like zooming out, like you can't think about beating yesterday. You almost have to be like, be like, focus on the intent of the day in your macro cycle. <laughs> yeah. And on, and on like race day or when it, when you feel yeah. like, okay, this is the day. Like I just say, I'm like, I'm going to be the best Naomi I can be today. Like yes. who I am today on that day. Yeah. So I used to tell, so my sister's oldest child, Rowan, when she was little, she used to ask me, because I would come home with a with a medal from my races. Did you win? And I would say I was the first place Auntie Lizzie out there. <laughs> and so, um, and then Rowan would do this super cute thing when she would do the kids races. She would like be with the pack and she'd be running and like she'd cross the finish line and she would keep going until everybody. She was like away <laughs> from everybody else. And then she'd throw her arms up and go, I'm the winner. <laughs> and so you just have to like run past the finish corral, past the finish line, past the finish corral, and then you can declare yourself the winner. <laughs> there you go. Um, but like very much like Megan and David's huzzah, like Rowan like found her space and then was like, I'm the winner. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. So fun. Um, but yeah, so, um, so part of what I was going to write too was – about how, sure, we're not, like, training like we were then. We're not possibly as fast as we were then. I mean, like, objectively, we're actually not right now in that mm-hmm. shape. But I think we're also better people in our whole lives mm-hmm. than we were then, right? Like, you were still studying for your CPA. Now you're a partner in your firm. Right. I had... Or I had just gotten my license. We got it. Right. In 18. In so, early in early eighteen, mid eighteen, yeah. So oh yeah, were, so yeah, still, you were like yeah. still on the way. I was I hadn't started working at Common Ground yet, so like I was still like figuring that out. I had just started coaching at the Y, which was like amazing. It was such a good experience to leave the team that I was with before and like going over the Water Wolves, and then but I hadn't started at Common Ground yet. Like, Julian wasn't a thing yet, so, like, you didn't have that love in your life. I hadn't met Brian yet, so, like, I mean, we have, like, more love in our lives. We have better careers. Like, everything about who we are today is better than than that. Not that that was bad. Yeah. It's just we've both grown. And I also, I hate to, this word is so overused, but balance. Like, I was not as balanced with things then. Right. I was, you know, there was a lot of all or nothing just in my mentality. So with running or other things in my life. And so I've learned to put that aside and, and like, you know, it's, it's, I'm more balanced, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there are going to be times and cycles in your life where that balance might seem out of balance a little, but as long as like you zoom out and you have balance, like in the macro, things are usually pretty good because there are going to be cycles of imbalance. Like right now, like I've lived in like a cycle of imbalance with like, I like really just focused on trying to have children because like the clock is ticking, pounding in my ears. And so there is like, that is a little cycle that, you know, I'm in, but I, I know that like zooming out first, it'll be worth it. (laughs) Second, you know, like even on the little micro, it doesn't take up every moment of the day. So we do get like you know, Brian and I actually went out to dinner last night. We were like, oh, we'll have a little date because he was so busy with 
um, having like he had a friend in town recording and it was actually so great that your husband was out of town because we got to spend so much time together when I was like yeah this weekend yeah this weekend so that when I was like otherwise I would have been here and like the drums live drums would be going (laughs) like might have been a lot for me yeah yeah so um so that was our long run was this weekend and Sarah Zagainer one of our athletes joined us and it was pretty awesome and she is going to join us at Jeff Galloway's half marathon yes. in March. So, so exciting in Atlanta. Um, so yeah, we Jeff's have a code weekend. for that. So it's Jeff Galloway 131.com uh, to register for the race. And uh, the code is ambassador 10 for 10%. Oh, uh, ambassador 23. Nope. Yep. That's oh, right. Did they change it? Or? No, oh, it's okay. ambassador 23. <laughs> for 10%. The code off. is ambassador 23. Um, for 10% off. It's it, good for all the races. So it's good for the 5K. It's good for the half and the challenge if you do It's both. also good for the virtual race. And, and so if one. you can't travel to um, Jeff's race, here's and you're, you're like trying to build your medal collection because we've all been there. And this is a pretty sweet medal. You could register for his virtual race and then you could go run a half marathon near you and get two medals for the same run. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Or you can go run a half marathon on the trail by yourself. Yeah, especially if you're training for something yeah. else and you just want to, like, join in with the Jeff Galloway fun. Yeah, so it's going to be pretty fun. And we'll, this is also a great segue to an outside article from 2021. Yeah, Outside Magazine. And it's, yeah, the title is Jeff Galloway may be the most important person in the history of the running movement. Yeah. It's a pretty badass title. Now, it's so funny because they use a word that I have not really heard except in this article. And the quote, the subtitle is Galloway has done more for the sport of running than anyone I have ever met. No matter what you think of gallow walking, like, and I think that's because it's you know this again. This is Outside Magazine, so they are um, you know they're up there with they're looking at all kinds of sport, and Galloway gets a little bit of a you know I'm, a reputation for being like a lot of oh well it's walking oh well it's you know it's for the yeah. non, not not the hardcore athletes it's right. for the. So, and so that's where, yeah, that gal walking or that. I know. Um, oh, I don't like it, though. No. I don't. We don't. Yeah. We, we, you know, Galloway method, it makes you just as hardcore and badass as any other, any other training method. And um, so, yeah, so it's a pretty cool article. It kind of just goes into who Jeff is. You know, I, I was talking to someone, talking to my business partner yesterday, and I was like, we're chatting about Jeff. And he's like, oh, he's written books, right? And I was like, yeah, he's an Olympian. He's like, yeah. What? I was like, yeah, yeah, 1972, like Munich when, you know, when there was the whole hostage thing. It's like, he was, he's more than just written he, some books. He, I mean, played by somebody else, is in one of the Steve Prefontaine movies, and I don't remember movie. which one. But, you know, there's two. There's Prefontaine and there's Without Limits, and they both came out about the same time. And they're both fantastic. I bought them both because I was like, oh, I have to see this. One of them has Jared Leto, and one of them has... Al Bundy, and one of them has <laughs> Donald <Johnny>. Sutherland. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. But they're they're both really good movies, and one of them has Jeff Galloway. Yeah. Um, and you know, we mentioned on an earlier episode how Jeff helped his teammate get into the Olympics when he, Jeff accidentally got a spot in the 10K. Um, but Jeff Galloway's 
PR, his personal best marathon from 1980 in Houston is a 216.35, and he walked at water stops. And so that's kind of amazing. Like, that was not done back there back then. And, I mean, that's pretty incredible. Can you run a 216 marathon? <laughs> With or without walk break. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, that's that's amazing. 216. Wait, would that st- would 216 still get that's still a men's OTQ, OTQ. right? I have to look up what they are. I'm going to look. It's females 237 now. I don't know if the men's is, is faster than that. I don't know what. Um, All right. So OTQ marathon. So for, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. The standard for men is 218. So he would still get an OTQ. At, with that 216 from 1980. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's pretty incredible. Um, yeah, so we just, you know, we just thought that article was a pretty nice little shout out about Jeff and about how basically just saying, you know, don't don't sneer at the walking. It's it's uh it can obviously make you faster and then his impact on running in our, you know, in the world has been a huge impact. Oh my gosh, this came out in 2021. Yes. This article, so he had a heart attack. Yeah, he had two, right? And yeah, back to back. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if this was an article that they like had, right? Because there's a photo from him in the hospital. Yeah, recovering. I wonder if this is like an article that they had like one of those like Oh like, like those like like get in, ready for when they die. Right, like oh. a, like preparing for the but Which you know he what? will he will not. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Jeff, Jeff is Jeff's too Jeff's too strong. He's amazing. Um but that's one of the reasons why we actually wanted to start this podcast. We want everybody to know who Jeff is and have a chance to meet him because let me tell you when you meet Jeff Galloway, you got chills. He is the most he's, positive, amazing person in the yeah, world. He's the nicest person. He's so nice. Did I I haven't shared this on the podcast yet, but in 2017 in January, I ran the Dopey Challenge and I had just come off of my very first multiple marathon cycle in 2016. So, and I actually oh my gosh, I actually wrote a blog post about it that maybe I can like revamp and bring over to our site. But it's how to run multiple marathons in a season and how not to do it. So in 2016... <laughs> oh, so you did it the wrong way. I did it the okay. wrong way and I did it the right way the next year. Yeah. So in 2016, I did a Ragnar Ultra that was not supposed to be an Ultra. And we had a team drop out. So we had yeah. six runners drop out. So we were accidentally an Ultra. And so I ran 48 miles in the span of 36 hours or 20, like whatever it was. Um, cause that, it was the leg six and leg 12 of the DC Ragnar. Uh-huh. So 48 miles, that's a lot of miles to cover in a weekend. <laughs> and then, um, and then, so that was at the end of September. And then I ran Marine Corps in a 401, devastated, devastated that I ran a 401. And then 13 days later, I went to Richmond and ran a 406 and was still upset. And then I zoom out and I'm like, oh my gosh, I ran a 401 and a 406 back to back, essentially. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, and then, but it so, took probably a couple of years to realize. So then, by Thanksgiving, I could barely walk because I have a stress reaction in my ankle, and so I was in a boot from Thanksgiving to Christmas. I was able to clear to start running. 
on like the two days after Christmas or something. So I ran a four miler on New Year's Eve and a 5K on New Year's Day. And then I went and ran the Dopey Challenge (laughs) (laughs) on almost no training. So back to my story. I finished the 10K and I hear the announcer say, and there he is, Mr. Jeff Galloway, finishing right about the same time I finished. So I, of course, went up and attacked him. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) I like chatted with him all the way through the finisher corral. I took a photo with him and I was like, Jeff, I really, I want to do training with you again. Like, cause he had trained me for Chicago. Wait, is that right? No, he had not trained me for Chicago because that was in 2017. Um, he had trained me for something else one year because um, it was a gift from my mom. And so I uh, t- like chatted with him and took my finisher picture with him, and it was amazing. So he's just like the nicest person ever. And I had yeah. met him a couple times before also getting beat rad like, like a – uh, teenager meeting Justin Bieber, like that's what I, that was fangirling. the end of it. It was so fangirly, and he's and he always takes the time to like yes. chat with people. Like if you yeah stop him at the end of the race, or if you you know go visit with him at one of the events he's at, or an expo, yeah. or a, when he does meet and greets, like he will take a lot of time to really connect with with you, even yeah. if he doesn't know you. And like I I still to this day always remind him who I am. <laughs> Which is so silly because I like should because we communicate via email. (laughs) But I'm always like and I I just always like like thank you so much. Like and he trained my mom too. Like she did his virtual training program when she was in Germany. Um so anyway, that was like just my little foray story. Um it was so cool. And so then how I did the multiple marathons in a season correctly was by slowing down getting more rest, getting proper training with more. I did a lot of back-to-back running in 2017. And I was able to then PR in Chicago in 2017. Um, then run. I also did a rich, also did a Ragnar Ultra um, that year. PR'd in Chicago at early October. I ran Marine Corps easy in 2017. I think I ran Marine Corps. Pretty sure I ran Marine Corps. Yes, I paced Jess in That's Marine right. Corps 409. Because then you paced and me then I, 13 days later. <laughs> and then I paced so Naomi 13 days later. But that's the difference. I didn't run a 401 and a 404 when my fitness was 401. Right. I Or 406. Sorry, 401, 406. You ran a 404 that That's year. right. <laughs> so um, uh, in 2017, I ran a PR of three 344. Then I ran a 409 in Richmond or in um, Marine Corps, nice and easy. It was definitely within like, you know, easy zone for me. And then I went and did 350 with right. you. So and that's really the difference. Did you do over distance for that cycle? Um, I will have to look back. Mm-hmm. I did double long runs because I was still planning. Okay. I was still like kind of with prepping dopey. for dopey. Yeah. And so I'm pretty sure what I did that cycle was uh, back to like more like ultra training where I would do um, 10 or 15 one day and then 20 the next day. Uh-huh. Um, and then pretty much not a lot of running during the week because right. that's what my schedule allowed yeah. to. And that's the thing. Like everybody's like, uh, you know, even Jeff will say just run every other day. 
And then there's times where your schedule just doesn't allow for that. So you have to work in your running how it works for your schedule. And one of the things I found is that if you can't get every other day to work and if you can like kind of put two rest days after your last long run, you can run back to back with a long run, put two rest days before it and two rest days after. So that's four days. And then you run two days in the middle. That's six. You can run one more time a week. That's your three runs. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, so I was curious because a lot of people would ask, or, you know, you look at our training, our marathon this season is not till May 21st. It is mountains to beach in California and we're already at 17 miles. And so, you know, that's because of our plan being that, you know, we're being trained by Jeff and we're doing over distance. And so what is over distance and why do we do it? I know it's very, um, it's kind of a hot topic because a lot of, you know, a lot of plans out there, a lot of coaches out there currently are suggesting, you know, to really cap out at time or cap out at distance because, you know, they're saying that the rate, the um, return on that additional, uh, you know, time on your feet is is more risky as far yeah. as injury, you know. Well, and goes. so I'm just like looking at this. What do you think? This is just a question for you, Naomi. What do you think the um, like volume might look like for someone who's going to run a three forty four marathon in a season? What do you think that volume, that build up volume, would look like in say yeah. for an October race? Let's say like August. What do you think that volume? Yeah, might probably like? one hundred and seventy, one hundred eighty miles. Um. So in July of twenty seventeen, I ran sixty eight miles. <laughs> In August of 2017, I ran 107 miles. In September, I ran 123, and that included a Ragnar, where I ran, like, 42 miles. And then in October, with the race, ran 82 miles. In November, 83. So that's the thing with these over-distance runs, where you have that really long run, or you're doing double back-to-backs, your volume during the week does not have to be very high because you're being very specific with your training. And that's the other piece about Galloway. Sure, you can, if you have the fitness and you won't get injured doing volume, volume can certainly help. But when you're starting out, you don't have to be high volume as long as you're targeted. Um, and I I did a whole like series on our Instagram too in our stories about how the first time I broke four hours, my highest mileage month was 92 miles. And like, it's just crazy, like, looking back at that now that I've had 200-mile months. Right. You know, to, to think. think that you even could do that. And, yeah, yeah, so part of it was that you were doing kind of, yeah, these heavy weekends. And then, yeah. And then, like, you know, a lot of plans, a lot of just plans, you, you can just be running a 30-minute run during the week, couple days a week, if, especially if that's all you can fit in your schedule. Right, right. So I'm, like, looking back, and it looks like um, in – it looks like I really did a lot of uh, the double. I really did a lot of double um, long run weekends. And then with two days off before them and two days off after, that's really what it looks yes. like. I was running three times a week. So you ran like Wednesday and then Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. And heavily load your weekends. Yeah. Really. That, and that actually makes pretty good sense with like Dopey and with the Ragnars. It's sort of like, and like with, with a busy know, life this, when you yeah. have to prioritize <laughs> yeah. sleep, you know, like, 
So there's lots of ways to do these plans. And a lot of, I guess the point of me bringing that up is that a lot of people really scoff at these super long distance runs because they're like, oh my gosh, that's so much volume. But if you're only running 30 minutes or four or five miles one other day or even two other days, it's not a lot of volume. It's really, it's not as hard on the body as people might think it it would be. And the mental benefits, I don't know about the physical benefits. I personally think that there's physical benefits, but there's a lot of coaches that would say, well, no, there's physically you're getting more breakdown than you are benefit. But I think the mental benefits for the recreational runner drastically outweigh any possible physical negatives. And when you slow down, you're you're kind of like keeping those at bay as much as possible. And then the other piece of it is, even if you're like, no way, no how, I'm never doing 26 or 29 before, if you know kind of where your fitness is at and what you're kind of aiming for in the marathon. Now, if you're a brand new marathoner, you cannot know this. Um, You could just do your longest run at whatever time you think you're physically capable of plus 20 minutes. So like if you think you know, I've definitely, I've run a 145 half. I know that I'm going to break four hours in my first marathon. And if you haven't run a 145 half, do not think that you're going to break four hours in your first marathon. <laughs> like, just don't think it yeah. because, um, I know a lot of 140 X runners who were 415 in their first yeah. marathon. Marathon is a different beast. It's such a different beast. Um, so you would then run, I would say, 145, that's probably four hours is about a good thing. You run a four hour and 20 minute, super slow, easy run, and then you'll be mentally prepared for the distance, I think. Yeah, and so the so that's the big thing is that the um, over distance, which, you know, I was one of those people when Liz said, oh, we do 29 for our long run. I said, no, I'm never doing that. And then, of course, I did. But the over distance, so, you know, preparing you for the wall, it gets mm-hmm. you past that point. Um, so you're just, again, it's a lot of mental preparation for it. And then also uh, it's that just that confidence booster that you know you can do it because you've done it. And so again, I like the idea of if, you know, if you're not gonna go for the 26 or 29, yeah, add 20 minutes. So like, if you think, you know, if you know what you finished last year and you think, okay, I'm around a four or 15 shape, and if I run a 4.35 in training, yep. even though it's only maybe 22 miles, at least you feel like you've covered distance. Right. I think I think these uh, mileage-based programs just set you, especially because most runners run too fast. And we will definitely go through and do a head-to-head of all the popular marathon training programs. Um, I think most runners run their long runs too fast. And so if they do 20 miles and they're doing them 20, 20 seconds off what their goal marathon pace is, um, they will set themselves up for hitting a wall at 20 or 22 miles. They really will. Now, if they were to slow down to, say, two minutes, then that 20-mile run might be enough. Two minutes slower than marathon pace because they'll right. be out past that time, time point. And it really is about time on your feet. You know, you can walk your long runs. You can walk good portions of them. You can, let's say, it counts as a long run and it counts as the full distance as long as you don't um, sit down for more than two minutes 
and as long as you don't take your shoes off. So leave your shoes on. Even if you came home and walked around your kitchen and got a snack and then went back out, it counts the whole time. But if you sit down for more than two minutes, because sometimes you do have to like sit down to go to the bathroom or sit down to like adjust a shoe or something. So two minutes is a good thing. So don't sit down for more than two minutes and keep your shoes on. Then it counts as a long run. You can then go out for 10 miles, come back, get a snack, even, you know, throw on a different coat if it's cold out and go walk another 10 miles. That counts. The entire time counts. <laughs> yeah. And so that's the big thing too with over distance is that we're, we, yeah, you might go out for your, you might do your 26 and then go for a long three mile walk immediately after or yeah. Again, we're doing run walk. So it's very yeah. different than going out and running 26 miles, quote, straight. Because yeah. the, you know, the, the, um, because we're switching back and forth, our, we're using slightly different muscle groups. Absolutely. And so we're not wearing down the way that you would if you ran, you know. So we're not suggesting you go run, run the full 26 miles or 29 miles. We're, we're, we're just talking about run walk here. And I know that we're throwing out, like, are you a four-hour marathoner? But this works even if you're a six-hour marathoner, if you're um, going in for your very first marathoner, or if you're trying to qualify for Boston. Um, you know, I've qualified for Boston twice using the run-walk method. Um, I ran my first BQ with only a two-second buffer. It's a great, fun story. Um, we had a friend of ours, Ken, who's a pacer, and he ran with us. And he, um, you know, I was really fading uh, when the heat got up uh, towards the end of the race. Um, and I was like, oh, I just really, I just want to slow down. And he's like, no, let's just keep going. Just keep going. Like, you can do this. And so we get in sight of the finish line. And he goes, you want to qualify for Boston, right? And I was like, yes. He goes, 30, 29, 28. <laughs> and I took off like a bullet out of the gun. And my finish was like 514 or something. I was actually rehashing this when I was talking to Weston on the phone. And I was like, man, if I have 514 in my legs for like 0.2, like end of a marathon, (laughs) why didn't I run the whole thing a little faster? That's something else we can talk about at another time. But actually, it's because I have fast twitch muscle fibers. Like I am, you know, I'm more of those like jumper sprinter like people. Like, so it's funny that the marathon's my best distance, but it's not funny when you use Galloway because Galloway is like a sprint workout. It's like sprint, recover, right. sprint, recover, sprint, recover. So yesterday I saw, have you know, <laughs> saw Liz's fast trip switch muscles again, first, you know, firsthand. In oh my gosh. So what we did yesterday, we had a workout. We were supposed to do uh, a warm-up mile and then one and a half miles mm. at goal marathon pace. Then um, current marathon. So what we did was right. I was going to say what we did was we decided we need to look at this plan because where we're at currently marathon fitness wise may not be our what we want to do goal wise. Yeah. So so we we have a leap of faith goal and a leap of faith goal is absolutely okay to make. So what you do is you take your current fitness and then you kind of say, all right, based on past training or based on how hard I know I can push my body, you set your plan to be slightly out of your rate, your reach, not completely. It's not like, you know, you can run a magic mile of 10 minutes and you're going to set your sights on breaking, yeah, (laughs) sub four or breaking two hours and a half right away. But let's say 
your magic mile dictates that you can run a, you know, 404. And you say, you know, I'm going to set myself up for breaking four or even 355. Um, or if, like me, you have a magic mile of, like when we were training for Chicago 2018, uh-huh. my magic mile was 615. Right. My halves were not, you know, I didn't have a, I think I, I had a 145 at that point, and one, actually I might have had a 141 at that point, but my, you know, I, it was still a leap of faith to even be going for like a 340 or a 335, which I think we're going for 335 at that time. Uh, no, we were going and, for 330. 330. No, we were going for 340 because remember they, they hadn't changed. No, they switched it though right then. They switched so, it right in right like when, the Chicago September. weekend. No, it was we're, in September. Right. So it was when it was right around when I ran at 615 that year. And so even though that should show that, okay, I could do a 335 according to the right. magic mile, that's still a reach and a leap of faith because I'd never done anything faster than a 350. So even go, like trying to go from a 350 to a 335 is a leap of faith. Yeah. So our so our training plan right now is set up. Um, Jeff has it set up for like possibly a 340 because that's like a big stretch. I have it on our calendar at 350, but we are probably in 405 shape right now, to be honest. Um, however, all of our training we did yesterday is right around that. 358. <laughs> right. So, so, so what we, yeah. So instead of going out and doing one and a half miles, um, at, you know, 820 pace or, or 830 even, <laughs> right. We, we actually just intentionally said, all right, let's keep it closer to like, you know, four hour pace. Yeah. And so around nine minutes. So we, so we did really well on the first one and a half. And then we had these four 30 second sprints that were supposed to be 630. They weren't supposed to be, they're supposed to be fast reps, like not, all out, but they're supposed to be anaerobic. But, yeah, and with anaerobic, we both find that if we're running like 6.30, that's still aerobic for us, yeah. high aerobic. So we usually do need to push it to where it's totally anaerobic and we're you know not catching breath at all. Like, it's just very... But what was amazing was Liz just took off at each of these, and we were going... I mean, we were well fast. under... Yeah, we were well under... Like, even on my slower ones, when I was probably around 6.15 or 6... I think you were faster and than that. Because my faster ones were 525, and Liz was still charging, you know, f- about, like, 30 feet ahead of me. I could not catch her if I had to, so you know. here's what I do. Here's my trick. So I use Jeff's two um, drills when I do those sprints because they're 30 seconds long. And he's got two drills, acceleration gliders and um, cadence. cadence drills. And so I think about my cadence. I don't count my cadence, but mm-hmm. I do count. Count And I think you heard it. Oh, yeah. I count seconds. And so I try to find gliding. So I count down from 10 three times. So I count down from 10 fast. And then I go, I count down from 10 and I say faster. And then I count down from 10 and I say keep going. And I try to find that glide in the last 10. And so it's like I have three different top gears. And so if you don't have that, you know, that top gear, and it's funny because also um, I let you set the pace for the first 10 seconds. And so as you got faster, I was like, I don't know if I can find more gears, but I did. Oh yeah. Like it's, it's really crazy how you're just able to like 
when you think of it like that. And so, I mean, maybe what we'll try to do is actually slow down that first 10 seconds so that we can build those gears um, into those fasts. But I got to tell you, my abs are sore. Sprinting is the only thing that ever makes <laughs> my abs sore. I, it's serious, though, because yeah. I did so many years as a diver and like, you know, I could do V-ups all day long. I could hold a plank probably for 10 minutes right now if you wanted me to. Um, I mean, I would be shaking, but I could do it. Like, I have a strong core, but the only thing that makes my abs sore is sprinting. Well, so, yeah, so I'm going to practice and make sure we're practicing those drills because yeah. those, yeah, those are the key. And they're, they're pretty incredible. Acceleration gliders are so fun, too, because you just, you feel like you're floating at the end. Yeah. So. And, yeah, and the cadence drill, I love that, you know, where you're really just focusing on quick feet, quick feet, quick yeah. feet. Yeah, counting. Boop, so boop, boop, you're boop, just boop, looking boop. at, you know, how quick you can turn them over. Yeah, and so it's funny because I do, I do, like, you know, very much have, um, the ability at a long distance, um, for sure. And that's, that's cardiovascular, but like, and I'm, it would be so interesting to get a muscle fiber biopsy to see like the fast twitch, slow twitch intermediate. But I mean, I definitely have oh some my God. speed on my legs. Oh yeah. No, it was just like amazing. Cause I was sprinting pretty hard. And again, you know, I was probably still, it was 525 oh, yeah. and I could never like, it was just there was no way I could catch her. And yeah, so, but it's all super right. Amazing. It's all right. Like in a hundred, in a hundred meters, maybe in two hundred meters, I've got you. You definitely would have me in a mile. You definitely have me in a five k. Ten k, we've never really. Probably, you would still have me. But like, I'm pretty sure that if we had to race, I mean, if we had to race head to head, just I would stay with you in a marathon. I would see that finish line and I'd be gone. Oh yeah, <laughs> she'd be down that five fourteen pace, which is like sick. No, it's so it's like crazy that I can do that. It's amazing. It's um, really amazing. It's so fun. It's so fun. Like I. I love, I mean, I w- I kind of wish that there was sprinting events for grownups, but also I think I enjoy the long running. I think I would still choose, I think I would still choose running a five hour marathon with a friend over running yeah. a marathon for time by myself yeah. any day of the week. Oh yeah. It's so much more fun when it, you run like, together and when you have, yeah. I put together, that. actually, it's so, it's so weird. Uh, we were putting together, like, what we've done as far as, like, our runs and stuff. Um, and hold on, where is it? I did, did I do it in, okay, here we go. So I put together um, a list of all the marathons I've done, and I've done 27. I thought I had done 29. Um, but I've done 27 and, and those are official finishes with a medal. Yep. Except there's two virtuals on here. Virtual with a medal though, with, with so a medal, virtual London and virtual Boston because they would have been live. If, they would have been, live. if it weren't for the pandemic and they were also with somebody. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 of them. I, 10 of my 27 were all pacing somebody and somebody else. Like they weren't for myself, which is fun. It's, it's really. It's, those are so, the most enjoyable. Oh my gosh. They're so fun. Yes. It's the best. You know, um, I, I love working as a pacer. It's super fun. And, and because the goal is, is not, it's outside of yourself. It's, yes. The why is to get someone else across the finish line, yeah. whether it's for their time, whether it's for time or to finish. Oh, you know what? I should probably put a star next to my Boston this year since I ran with Marcy the whole time. Right, it was not technically a for, me. for yourself. Yeah, yeah, I should put a star next to that one. 
So yeah, it's definitely way more fun. So, oh, again, though, about how mental a head game can be, right? So in 2018, we were training for sub 340. That We were training for sub 340. We knew that they might change the BQ standards, but our training, I remember this, our training was for sub 340, but it was a leap of faith. And in September, and Chicago, it was right about the same time. It was like a week before because Chicago was like the 8th of October. So we find out that the times are all down five minutes and we're like, well, there goes all chance of BQing because I ran a 341-13 in Chicago. Like, had I just pushed the time, like, had because, that yeah, BQ. had still been the goal or the BQ, the BQ time. I probably would have dropped, you know, that right you know, minute and a bit, just like in CIM, had you realized where you were, you could have PR'd. Or Mountain Speech. Mountain yeah. Speech. You could have PR'd. Right. Like, right. Had, yeah. Cause we want, you know, that's the thing about not, we were so hyper-focused on one goal where we're setting aside all these other goals. Yeah. And, you know, so. even though, even though at that time we probably still would talk about ABCD goals, but I feel like that we just didn't have that. It's so mindset. hard. It's so hard when you're focused on your own self. And so that's why I would say I would run with a friend any day over running for myself. Like yeah. any day. It's just so much more fun. Um, so that's a pretty long episode. And we have <laughs> yeah. covered a lot of crazy topics. Um, don't forget, if you want to support the podcast, you can shop uh beautycounter.com slash run Galloway girls. You can shop on our website too. We have a whole blog page called stuff. We like, um, all of the affiliates will be there. If there's any affiliate links, a lot of the stuff we don't have partnerships with. And so it's just stuff. It's we like just stuff. We like, we'll add native deodorant to it. <laughs> yeah. Again, yeah. That's one that we, we just, love. um, we just have, like, we want to share things that we like, things that we find useful, things that, um, we think you'll like even if um, things that we've used in the past that maybe we don't use it anymore, but we definitely find value in it. Um, so, yeah. And hopefully we'll come back with another bonus episode this week because it's so fun to re- record a podcast. <laughs> it is. And so, yeah, if you can you know, go out, find us, like us, subscribe, follow. Please, you know, leave us ratings, leave us a review and uh, share with your friends. Um, yeah. You know, and it. tag us. Yeah. If you listen tag to this us. podcast, please screenshot it and share it on Instagram and tag us in your stories. Yep, tag us. Run Galloway Girls. Yeah. Um, so we appreciate you guys so much. We hope that the, the beginning of this podcast felt a little, felt enough like running to keep you listening. <laughs> um, but thanks again for all of your support. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.